Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Let's talk about the question, has the tribulation started? Now, I know that's sort of a title that I had just here recently, but that's sort of a topic (laughs) that we need to talk about. So, has the tribulation started? But I've got several other things I need to bring to you. A lot of things happening right now. First of all, this comes to us from HalTurnerRadioShow.com. Headline says, "Uh uh-oh, La Palma flatlined. And of course, if you look at the yellow arrow here, you see that the earthquakes were going on in the volcanoes in La Palma, and then all of a sudden, nothing. How does that happen? Well, the answer is, in nature, that doesn't happen. (laughs) Because it wasn't nature that started it, and it wasn't nature that stopped it, in my opinion. He goes on to say, something happened with a volcano eruption on La Palma Island in the Canary Islands about 3.40 a.m. Eastern Time, It flatlined. All activity just stopped. Looking at the bottom black line, just went totally flat. And it has a couple of images here if you're watching the video. You can see all of a sudden, all of the activity just stopped. He said, this sudden and almost inexplicable silencing of an erupting volcano in La Palma seems to coincide almost to the minute with a magnitude 6 earthquake that took place very far away on an island of Crete in the Mediterranean Sea. Now, he says what's interesting is that this La Palma is on the African tectonic plate. Well, let me just shorten the whole thing. I don't think that what happened on Crete was any earthquake, and I don't think any tectonic plates had anything to do with it. As you recall, at the solemn September assembly, we prayed that this evil high technology would be shut down. We prayed specifically things like time machines, cloning devices, uh, especially earthquake machines and weather machines that can cause the atmosphere to get extremely cold or extremely hot, causing tornadoes or hurricanes or floods and also fires like we see out in in, uh, California. And the this cold snap that hit Texas this past winter, all of that can be easily caused by scalar wave, which is a Tesla invention. Matter of fact, we've got a whole DVD on it called Russia's Secret Weapon to Defeat America at WatchProphecyClub.com. So what do I think happened? I think our prayers were answered, my brothers and sisters. I think that I remember specifically us praying at that solemn September assembly that God would cause whoever, however, wherever, this scalar wave, whatever the earthquake machine is, whatever the weather machine is, wherever it is, to be found and destroyed. Now, I can't prove it, but I'd like to know for sure. But my guess is, I think the good guys took out their scalar wave machine. Now, do I think that's probably the only one on the planet? Mm, That's wishful thinking. Probably there are others. But at least maybe they took out the one that was trying to cause an earthquake to split the volcano, send it down into the Atlantic Ocean, run across the Atlantic Ocean at 520 miles an hour and hit the East Coast and just devastate it. It may be that our prayers were answered. Okay, so how do you get all of a sudden an earthquake or something like that to hit Crete some nine hours and ten minutes away and within seconds... All of a sudden, all of the volcanic activity on the island of La Palma stops. How do you get that? How do you do that? The answer is you take out the bad guy's earthquake weapons. Now, that's what I want to believe happened. Do I know that for sure? 
know and I'm not high enough in the food chain to get that kind of information. But something in my spirit tells me that's exactly what happened. I believe our prayers were answered. Now let's go on to the next topic. Now this is actually very important because the whole point today is, has the tribulation started? Well, I'm going to tell you my opinion. I don't think it has. I think that there's some things that we probably should see first. However, it may be that it has. And so we need to be watching. So what are the things we watch for? All right, so we're going to talk about that today. Daniel 9.24 says, 70 weeks. Now, that word weeks is the word Shabua. If we say a couple, we mean two. If we say a dozen, we mean 12. Well, in Hebrew, if they say Shabua, they mean seven. So when it says 70 weeks, it's saying 70 sevens. So what is 70 times seven? And the answer is 490. So what's it saying? It's saying that 490 years of judgment has been decreed upon the city of Jerusalem. It goes on to tell you how you'll know when those 490 years are up and they are not up yet. According to a lot of things, and that would be a whole broadcast, which I'm not going to get into right now, essentially there's been 483 of those 490 years that have been fulfilled, leaving seven more years, which is another one of the reasons we know that the seven-year tribulation lasts seven years, hence (laughs) seven-year tribulation. (laughs) We also know that from Daniel 4, but I'm not going to get into that today either. So it says 70 weeks are determined upon the people and upon the holy city, Jerusalem, to what? To finish the transgression. Transgression? What transgression? Of Adam and Eve eating the fruit. Meaning, when these 490 years are up, seven left, at that point, there will be no more sin. That's what it says. To finish the transgression, to make an end of sins. That happens on the last Feast of Trumpets when Jesus returns. And to make a reconciliation for iniquity. Reconciliation, okay, that means that worthy is the lamb that was slain to take the book and open the seals because he was slain, has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. Meaning, the blood of Jesus brought reconciliation, but not everybody has accepted that blood. So by this time, at the end of 490 years, everybody that is going to accept that blood will have accepted that blood. Means it's at the end of the tribulation, the start of of the millennium, or for us, as soon as that morning star hits us, for us, it's eternity. To make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in an everlasting righteousness, in other words, for us, we never sin again. And if one of the nation's sins, a morning star judge shows up, the speed of thought hits them when the morning star, they fall to the ground, a pile of ashes, bones, just like that. So they don't sin either. Sin does no longer, is no longer allowed to exist. And to seal up the vision and prophecy means all of the prophecies concerning the return of Jesus, concerning the sin of man, are all fulfilled after 490 years. That's what it's saying. Now, let me skip part. And the people of the prince. Now, this is one of the things the pre-tribbers... See, if you believe in pre-trib, it's like... Let me me put this way. It's like, if you believe in pre-trib, here's what it does. Instead of the thumb matching with the thumb, the first finger... The second, instead of those matching up, then here's what happens. Watch this. What happens is this. Everything is thrown at a kilter. You begin to see all kinds of things and the prophecy's wrong. You gotta, gotta move it back. 
so that things fit in the correct chronological order, hence the secret door, hence get the book Secret Door and Understand Bible Prophecy. So the prince here is not talking about 70 A.D. The flood is not talking about 70 A.D. Who is the prince? Oh, it's Jesus. Jesus, he's the prince. Uh, Wrong, because when he returns, he is not prince of the kings of the earth. Right now, he is prince of the kings of the earth. But when he returns, he's already been to the marriage supper of the Lamb on the last Pentecost. That's where they bring him before the Ancient of Days, and he is given a dominion, kingdom, and a glory, and his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is that which shall not be destroyed. That's where he is crowned, King of kings and Lord of lords. At this point, when he returns at the last trump, that's when he is king of kings. It's not talking about Jesus. It's talking about the prince. It's talking about the prince, the power of the air, as in Satan. The people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Well, what is it? Uh, Zacharias says that they, the women will be ravished and the whole city is destroyed. And the end thereof shall be with the flood. All right, now that word there, flood, that is what tells us when this takes place. So question. See, a lot of people in I, I'm not going to say the guy's name, but there's a, a, an end-time prophecy teacher that a lot of people love, and he says that this took place in 70 A.D. That's the way he tells people. But go back, do a little bit of research, and it only takes a little bit. You, you can find out that in 70 A.D., when the Romans took over and, and, and sacked Jerusalem, there was no flood of water. There was no flood involved in that. They just took over the city, burned the temple, blah, da, 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 da. Okay, so what's the flood? Well, it's not a flood of water. He's already promised us he's not going to flood the earth again with water. So what's the flood? It's the morning star. That's when he blows his glory down. So when he says, in the city and the sanctuary, the end thereof shall be with a flood, that's when when that morning star comes down, it's over. The tares are burned. We get our glorified body. The earth is glorified from that flood. See, they misunderstand because they don't have the secret door. Get the book, secret door to understand Bible prophecy. Anyway, in there shall be with a flood and the end of the war, desolations are determined. Meaning, yes, the Antichrist is going to be allowed to set on the Ark of the Covenant. He will stop animal sacrifice. All of these desolations, he's going to do all of these bad things. Why? Because it's a big test. Is it a test for the sinners? No, they're pretty much lost. It's a test for the Christians and specifically the Jews to see who's going to take that mark, who's going to accept Jesus and who's not. Now let's go to verse 27. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. Now, I can't tell you how many arguments have been over this. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. But I'll tell you the answer. The answer is either the beast or the false prophet, who it is that confirms the covenant is is not as important as the covenant being confirmed. Now, it doesn't say a peace treaty. Yes, I know the prophecy teacher has been looking for a peace treaty. <laughs> and I, I watch for him too. But it doesn't say a peace treaty. It simply says a covenant, that there's going to be a seven-year covenant. Now, does it necessarily say that the covenant has to be a seven-year covenant? Or could it be that a covenant is set in place but only lasts seven years because Jesus returns to stop it? Well, it does say that he, probably talking about the Antichrist, confirms it. Now, it doesn't say he's the originator of it. It simply says he confirms it. It does not necessarily even say he signs it. It might be just a wink or a nod. 
saying he confirms it. He goes along with it, okay? It may be something that a lot of people might not spot. It might be something that's rather difficult to spot, which is one of the reasons I prefer to watch for the first seal opening. But anyway, let's go on. So he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. There's that week word, that Shabuwa word again. So the covenant only lasts for seven years. And in the midst of the week or the Shabuwa, in the midst of the seven-year period, the Antichrist is who's talking about, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. Meaning he goes in and sets on the golden chair of God, the throne of God, the Ark of the Covenant, and he says, okay, stop it all, this this animal sacrifice, stop it all. Stop it, stop, stop, stop it. Because I'm God. Okay, that's what he's going to say. I'm God. And requires all of the animals, other animal sacrifice to be stopped. And for, it says, for the overspreading of abominations. In other words, what he does in the Holy of Holies makes it filthy. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate. It means he totally makes it filthy. And even into the consummation, in other words, even until Jesus returns, that consummation means to the end, even to the time of the end, means once he walks into that Holy of Holies, sits on the Ark of the Covenant, he corrupts it. He makes it filthy until Jesus returns. That's all it's saying. And that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Now let's tie this together. As a brief overview here, what we're talking about is seven times 70, which is 490 years. 483 years have already been used. However, when this covenant is confirmed, and we don't know what the covenant is, that's part of what we're going to talk about today, that means we have seven years left. Jesus returns at the end of that seven years. When that first seal is opened, that's when the covenant is confirmed. That's when the beast is released. That's when seven years remain. Now, here's something kind of interesting. This comes to us from the Catholic News Agency. You can see the article. Headline says, Pope Francis launches seven-year Ludato C action plan. That's spelled L-A-U-D-A-T-O-S-I, action plan. It goes on to say, Pope Francis launched Tuesday the Vatican's seven-year Ludato C action plan to implement an environmental sustainability in different sectors of the church for religious orders to Catholic schools and hospitals. Now, this whole push about environmentalism, see, one of the, the main things that the devil wants to do is to kill God's creation. And the higher up that creation, the more he wants to kill it. And the more pure, the more innocent, the more he wants to kill that. So what would be at the very, very top of that? Humans. And what would be the very, very top of that pyramid? That would be innocent, unborn children, hence abortions. That's the reason the devil wants to kill the unborn, the innocent, the little babies. That's the reason he wants them to sacrifice them to Moloch and Baal. That's the reason they used to heat up the hands of the cow god and lay their innocent newborn children on there to cook them alive. And their God loves that. Well, environmentalism, is basically the same thing. It's, it's saying, we, we gotta, we gotta treat Mother Earth, what they don't say, is better than humans. So what is the problem? What is, is it that hurts the Earth in their opinion? Well, the answer is humans. So it's another way to say, we gotta get rid of all these people. There's too many people. We gotta get rid of all, and of course that gives them the example or the excuse to kill people. 
And then when all of the earthquakes and the volcanoes and the end times, the sun, moon, and the stars uh, withdraw their shining, all that sort of stuff happens, they're going to say, it's the environment. It's the environment. We got too many people. That's what they're going to say. The whole issue is we got to get rid of the people, just like the Georgia Guidestones say. One of their ten principles is we need to get the earth population down to basically just them. They want to kill everybody but them. Now, I'm going to skip another paragraph here. I want to just notice a couple of things. He said that the year would be followed by an immediate, and here it is again, seven-year plan. We skip over here. He's saying we need to get rid of our selfishness. In other words, we need to kill off a bunch of people. And our Mother Earth let us overcome the temptation of selfishness. Well, if we're not selfish, then we would realize that Mother Earth is more important than humans. That's what he's saying. He says, selfishness that makes us predators of resources. He's putting the earth above humans. Let us cultivate respect for the gifts of the earth and creation. Let us inaugurate a lifestyle and a society that is finally eco-sustainable. Meaning, we have to see that the earth is treated better than humans. So we got to get rid of the humans. <laughs> That's what he's saying. And finally, he says, on the journey that will last for seven years. Now, look at that. Seven years. This is the Pope saying this. And this just came out in the last couple of days. Will last for seven years. Then you skip on down. Our mother, mother Earth may be restored to original beauty. We got to get rid of the people. And remember, it's the Pope that stands up and says, everybody got to worship this guy over here. Now, let's go on. I know you're probably thinking, Stan, you're making a pretty good stace, a case for the tribulation starting. Well, there is a pretty good case for it having started. But do I really believe it started? No, I, I think we're very close. I'm ready to switch and say it did start September 6, 2021, if, <laughs> if we get some more reasons why. But I don't think we have enough reasons why. So let me cover some reasons why I don't think. The tribulation started. One is we don't have the third beast because the ten nation confederacy is the fourth beast, Daniel chapter seven says. So you can't have the fourth beast till you have the third beast. We don't have the third beast, which is a four nation confederacy that each one has a ruler, a leader, and they work together, and I believe that they will be Islam. That's the reason it's a leopard. Also, if Kim Peters was accurate, he, now, we haven't heard a sound of any seal opening. We haven't heard a sound of a 1970s car horn. No graves have opened. No electronics been shut down. Now, I agree. That's not Bible. But it's if it had happened, I think we would have raised all doubt. We would know for certain that we're in the tribulation. But again, these are reasons why I'm saying we're probably not in the tribulation yet. Another one is there's not been any wars started like we would see happen if Revelation 6-1 had happened. Revelation 6, 1 says, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. Well, I've not heard that noise of thunder, which Ken Peters said sounded like a 1970s car horn, but there's no scripture guaranteeing that we get to hear. Probably you, I, I know I have, been praying that we would get to hear that. I want to know when the first seal is open. I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. And, there, and one of the four beasts said, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon it had a bow and a crown went for and, and a crown and went forth conquering it to conquer. Meaning, one of the first things we'll see when the tribulation starts 
is the start of war, because this is an angel of God. The fact that he's on a white horse, a red horse, a pale horse has nothing to do with it. It's an angel of God sent forth to bring judgment on the earth. So it's an angel of God sent forth to take, like Revelation, the, the, the second beast. And when another horse that was red, and powers given to him to set there to take peace from the earth, that they should kill one another. And to him was given a, a great sword. So we see both the first two seals are at the start of war. So if we were in the tribulation, we would see major wars start, big wars. Mm. So I'm watching for that, but we haven't seen it yet. Also, we have not seen a great revival like Maurice Scalar was told, bringing in the remaining souls into the book of life just before the tribulation starts. We haven't seen the great harvest come in. So do I believe the tribulation started? Mm, no, I think we're very close, but I am closely watching. Now, the purpose, and I covered part of this the other day, but there's a couple of things i got to point out. The purpose of these coverstone dreams, in my opinion, do not think that they are scripture. They are not guaranteed to come to pass. Matter of fact, he even said that this is, quote, the present future, meaning if nothing changes, if there's no internal revolution, if the military does not go in and take over, if there's not any massive arrests, if there's not any mass repentance, if there's not any change, he says this is what's going to come. And I totally agree. But I'm also going to be doing just like you. We're going to be praying that this stuff doesn't come. We're going to be praying for it to be softened and delayed. It's saying if nothing changes, this is what's coming. Now, I'm not going to read all of this, but this is the dream he calls the specialist. Give it to Dana Coverstone. September 23rd. I already read it twice in the last couple of broadcasts, so I'm not going to read all of it. I want to just point out something. In there, he saw, avoid the unvaccinated. These people are dangerous. Please inform authorities of all sightings, speaking of people that are unvaccinated. Here's an article. <laughs> Just came the next day from the Washington Post. Headline, international travel is about to get more complicated for unvaccinated Americans. September 22, it says, the number of countries allowing unvaccinated American travelers to visit has been dwindling in recent weeks. Now those globe trotters will find it more complicated to return to the United States after going abroad. Leslie, right now, as I speak, is in Dubai, and she's heading to Pakistan with Pastor Massey to minister. So be sure, pray for her, not just her protection, her team, but also that God's anointing would be with her and her team. Starting early in November, Americans who have not been vaccinated against the V will have to test negative on the day of leaving on the return flight to the United States. That is a shift from the, the, okay, so the whole point is, what he's saying here, what Coverstone was told here, is in the early phases of coming to pass here. Now, uh, he goes on to say he saw people having to run and hide away from search and capture helicopters and people in four-wheel vehicles, and they were having to put uh, brown tarps over themselves and be very quiet. So they're using infrared to be able to see the heat signatures, and also listening devices to search for us. And they were told, no movement, be totally quiet. Then this group was able to make it to safety, but immediately after they, that the place they just left, helicopters appeared overhead with searchlights. So that's probably meaning that they're tracking people by satellite. 
They're sending down either vehicles or helicopters to try to find them. When they are found, they are arrested and they're sent to cabs to, what does it say, COVID Authority Bureau for processing in a $10,000 fine for not having the anti-V. Started to say the word. Uh, they're treated very badly, hogtied and thrown in the back of the cattle trucks. I'm going to skip on past that. And I'm going to skip past the red substance, the dark blood and all that sort of stuff. There's another point I want to get to. Um, here. So this is the angel talking to him that says, you are seeing the present future. Now, when it says present future means that unless there's a massive arrest, unless there's an internal revolution that Dimitri was told about, if there's not some mass revival, something to change it, this is a picture of what's coming. And I totally agree. But then he goes on to say, and the coming conservative purge. Now look real powerful at that word purge. See that word, a coming conservative purge. Now, in yesterday's broadcast, I read a bunch of scriptures that's backing up about how Christians are going to be killed. However, I went to the Internet database. Here it is. Internet IMB, IMDB.com. I searched the word purge, and guess what I found? Over 200 results. Movies, TV shows, all sorts of short episodes, all with the word purge. Not just an accident. All of these purge movies are all about them fantasizing, talking about the Moloch and Baal worshippers, the people that rule and own and control the world, at least they think they do. This is their dream to one day send people out to kill everybody that doesn't have the mark of the beast. That's what it's basically saying here. Now, I skipped a... And I covered that yesterday, so I'm going to go on by that. But the point is, the purge is accurate. However, I didn't want to go back to this. So he says, you're seeing the present future and the coming conservative purge. Now, he then says the Antichrist spirit is here. Well, wait a minute. The, there are other scriptures I covered the other day. Let me say, I, I don't want to flip through and find them, but you know, I covered them the other day. There are other scriptures that says back 2,000 years ago in the New Testament, well, the Antichrist spirit is already here. So I don't think it's saying the, why would the angel say the Antichrist spirit is here again when we were told that 2,000 years ago? I suspect that it's saying that the beast has been released from the bottomless pit. Wait a minute, Stan. One part you say we're not in the tribulation. One part certainly sounds like you think we are in the tribulation. Well, I'm saying that the interpretation for the thing, the interpretation, now I'm not necessarily saying we're in the tribulation, but the interpretation of what is said is that's exactly what it's saying. It's saying that the Antichrist spirit, i.e. the beast, i.e. the resurrected body of Nebuchadnezzar, not his flesh and blood body, but his spirit, has been resurrected. The Antichrist spirit is here, and yet they begin to make the purchase to deceive the world with the healing blood. And it talks about the blood, so I'm going to skip. I'm going to move on here. Okay, so then it goes on to say, I warn you to take the salve from your eyes. Well, that's straight out of Revelation, where it's talking about the, the, uh, the church of the Laodiceans. When it says the salve out of your eyes, in other words, like Dimitri said, America, wake up. The average American Christian is slap asleep. I don't have to tell you that. 
and they don't want to see this. They don't want to believe that the last days are here. Well, they don't have to. I mean, their pastor and all of their prophecy teachers have promised and have guaranteed them they're going to go in a pre-trib rapture. Why do we need to wake up? Why do we need to study Bible prophecy? We're not going to be here for that. I've even had them tell me that. We're not going to be here for that. Take salve for your eyes. Stop coating your life with wine. That means sin. Stay fully sober. The day has arrived. What day? What day? What day? Okay, all right. It could be the internal revolution. It could be the start of the massive arrests. It could be the start of the tribulation. It could be that the beast has been released. Then it says for the testing of your life. Now, there is no question what that is. The test of our life will be the mark of the beast. If you think avoiding wearing the mask was difficult, you haven't seen anything yet. If you wore the mask, if there was ever a time you had to wear the mask, like I had to wear the mask to walk in Walmart. I had to wear the mask to walk in to go to the doctor. I had to wear a mask to get on an airplane. I had to wear a mask to go to the airport. I had to wear a mask to go into Home Depot. Had to wear, I was in, uh, oh, what do you call it? Um, 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 well, maybe you're not supposed to say the name. And they wouldn't let me check out until I walked out in my car and got a mask. Now, I wore a mask, but I'm not taking that mark of the beast. But I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to say is it's a precursor. It's an early step. It's preparation. If they can get you to wear a mask today, they're thinking perhaps it'll be a little easier to get you to take a mark tomorrow. See what I'm saying? Okay. Now, the test of your life, and I did cover this the other day. I'll briefly say it again. There's two things we cannot do. Bend the knee. We cannot worship the beast or his image. Two things we cannot take a mark of. We cannot take the mark or the number of his name. Can't bend the knee. Can't take a mark. Can't bend the knee to the beast or the, the image of the beast. And we cannot take the mark nor the number of his name. Then the angel went on to cover stone and said, Be faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. Is this not saying that Jesus is going to be with us? But is it not also saying that there's about to be a lot of deaths of Christians in this nation? I'll read it. I'm marking those who are mine. Okay, we like to hear that. And I will walk beside them. We like to hear that. But we don't like to hear this. In the fire. Now, what's the fire? Well, for sure, it's testing. At the very least, it's testing, but at the very most, it might be the suitcase nukes. But it could also be some kind of a tsunami or, you know, an invasion. A lot of things it could be. But it says Jesus is never going to leave us nor forsake us. However, the next part of it says, even though some of you here in this country will meet me soon on the other side. Meet me soon on the other side. Meet me soon on the other side. I'll read it again. Some of you here in this country, that means America, will meet me soon on the other side. Here's the way we would say that. Some of you about to be dead, but it's going to be okay. That's what he just said. To me, it's saying that the day has arrived. If you look, look let, me, let me back up. Okay, so the day has arrived right here. Okay, the day has arrived. The testing of your life. Day has arrived. Testing of your life. Now, what's he saying? He's saying, be faithful unto death. Let me back up. I've moved too far here. And he may be saying that there's about to be a bunch of people killed. Now, I hope it's not too many. But you can't escape the interpretation saying 
has something to do with fire, has something to do with the greatest testing of your life. All of that is there's about to be trouble. I got seven dreams of people saying there's about to be a food shortage. We got 13 people that says suitcase nukes are here and ready to be set off. And no, they have not been found in this mantle, though I pray for it every day. Then he goes on to say, be faithful unto death. What do you do with that one? Be faithful unto death and I'll give you a crown of life. He's warning us, if we can hear it, if we can listen, if we can receive it, as Jesus said, he's warned us, some of us are about to be dead. Some of us are about to be on the other side. Now, I don't like that, but as a delivery boy, i got to deliver truth to you. You're looking at a black and white cow with a pristine seven right across his forehead. Now you're looking at a totally red cow with a scribbled seven across his head. One cow was introduced, they're actually born the day before, but they were both introduced to the public on the same day. I believe the black and white cow represents seven years of plenty, and the red cow represents seven years of famine. The Both cows were presented September 25th of 2014. That's not an accident. That's a Shemitah. That only happens once every seven years. For both of them to be introduced to the public on a Shemitah, I don't think that's an accident. I think that's a prophecy if we can receive it. And I believe what it's saying is that seven years of plenty began September 24th, 2014. And then exactly seven years later on another Shemitah, September 6th, 2021, famine. Seven years of famine begins. And then, of course, have to refresh your memory, Terry Bennett says, the re- and he didn't say it exactly, but in so many words, he said it, that the return of Jesus would be in 2028. Now, am I saying Jesus returned in 2028? No, I'm not saying any of this. None of this is coming from me. I'm just the interpreter. interpreter. I'm just the delivery boy here. But it would mean that 2028 on the Feast of Trumpets would be the return of Jesus. Now, am I saying Jesus is going to return September 2021 of 2028? No, I'm not. Am I going to be watching for it? Yes. However, if Jesus is going to return on the Shemitah in 2028, that means that the tribulation did start on the Shemitah, which is uh, September the 6th, 2021. Now, has the tribulation started? I don't think so. I don't want to believe so. I want to think we have more time, but I'm watching. And now with this uh, Pope coming out with an agreement that he's saying that they're about to start the first of this year, that's maybe not an accident. In other words, we've got a lot of things that are lining up. So as the tribulation started, I don't want to think so. I want to think we have more time, but I'm watching. And we were commanded to watch. So watch. In 2017, God helped me to memorize the book of Revelation and gave me 30 revelations, two visions, and an audible voice. God showed me the word firstfruits is a secret door linking the feasts of Leviticus to the prophecies of Revelation. For the first time, the end-time prophecies of Revelation can be placed in correct chronological order. One prophetic word said, there is a lock I put over a word in the book of Revelation. I'm going to open unto you. It will turn many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. It's called The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. So what if you had to tell a person the most important thing in the world, but you knew they're probably not going to believe you? 
Well, if you're listening to this, I believe you'd probably still tell them. Well, the most important thing to do is to receive Jesus. But the most important information is to not take the mark of the beast. Because those people taking the mark of the beast do not get soul death, but they're tossed into eternal torment in hell without any possibility of escape. We put it into a book, Miss the Mark, Don't Take the Mark of the Beast, a simple book to give to people. If they read, they will never take the mark of the beast. Countless people are believing that they're not going to see any trouble of the tribulation. They're going to go in rapture, which is a misunderstanding. So God had me write a book called How Pre-Trib One. It explains how the Christian church was so snookered into believing a misunderstanding like this, and it helps them through scriptures to see the truth that there is not going to be a pre-trib, mid-trib, or pre-wrath rapture. No one is going any place to escape any testing. It's called How Pre-Trib Won. Then, the book of Daniel, most people agree, is probably the most difficult book in the Bible to understand. So I wrote a book called Tribulation Secrets in Daniel, which gives this last generation the explanation and the parts of Daniel that they need to endure the tribulation. Pure and simple, it takes Daniel and makes it easy to understand. It's called Tribulation Secrets in Daniel. As you know, many of the broadcasts have referred to a list of dreams, visions, and audible voices from people like Demetri Dudeman, Michael Boldea, Leslie Johnson, Henry Gruber, and others. We put together a special radio offer. You can get 10 How Pre-Trib 1, 10 Tribulation Secrets in Daniel, 10 Miss the Mark, 5 Secret Doors to Understand Bible Prophecy, 5 God's Warnings to America, totaling 40 books valued at $800 for a gift of just $100 at prophecyclub.com. That's 40 books valued at $800 for a gift of just $100 at prophecyclub.com. Prophecyclub.com. The easiest way to listen and watch Prophecy Club YouTube videos is to download our free app from the App Store. This is not to be confused with watchprophecyclub.com, where you can watch 26 years and over 300 DVDs for a subscription of $20 a month or $200 a year. The app allows you to watch our YouTube videos and listen to our radio programs very easily. Go check it out at your app store. I've issued the order to cancel all of our shortwaves, so if you're on shortwave and you want to continue listening to Prophecy Club, you can do so by downloading our app at your app store, going to prophecyclub.com, YouTube, Brighton, and BitChute.